Hello everyone, this is Cabane the Christian. Uh, as I mentioned in my post uh, on the uh, YouTube community function, I'm presently on vacation and I just finished my thesis, which is why I haven't posted in the last week, uh, but I'm still hoping during this vacation to uh, get a few videos out and then when I'm done with it, uh, we can move to basically what I plan to keep doing in perpetuity unless something or until something in my life uh, changes. Uh, before we get into the topic of this video today, which will be read from a script, but before we get into the topic of this video, uh, if you have not become a patron, and I appreciate everyone who has become patrons, it's exceptionally um, helpful uh, to me and to this channel. If you have not become a patron, please consider doing so. Each of the three tiers does provide bonus content, uh, and this week we will get another review up for those patrons who are uh, contributing $10 or more. Uh, but today I want to talk about the Marian teachings of the Church and just provide a summary of the scriptural basis for each of the unique Marian teachings. And by unique, I mean as distinct from what most Protestants would believe. Now, by no means does this sum up everything that can be said. One could go on and on for hours about it, but I just want to kind of provide a sketch of what the scriptural basis for these teachings really is. So, first one is New Eve, and this is really the foundation for all the others, I think. Eve uh, is only named Eve, or the mother of all living, after the promise of the seed, who will crush the head of the death-dealing serpent. She is called mother of all living, not because she is mother of humanity in general, that would have been true even before this promise, but specifically because she is the mother of the seed who will redeem humanity from the curse of death. Mary is the New Eve most simply because God made a promise to Eve that was fulfilled in Mary. Moreover, the duality of Eve as mother of the seed and bride of Adam is combined in Exodus 4 and Isaiah chapter 62. In the former, Zipporah refers to her newly circumcised son as her bridegroom of blood, who brings her redemption, foreshadowing the Passover. And in the latter, Isaiah 62, God speaks to Zion as a bridal city, stating that your sons shall marry you. More particular, particular typological resonances are used in the New Testament. John 1-2 narrates its chronology so that the wedding at Cana happens on the seventh day. This is the day of the fall where God comes to judge. Mary is called woman, an allusion to Genesis 2-3, and she requests that the last Adam provide wine for the people, just as Eve was deceived into consuming food that was dealing death because Adam failed to guard her. Eve gave Adam the fruit which led him to sin, Mary asked the new Adam, or the last Adam, to provide food which grants eternal life. Finally, Pilate brings Jesus out and says, Behold the man, alluding to the Johannin theme of Jesus as the true man and last Adam. And Jesus' words to St. John, Behold your mother, allude to that passage, so that the duality of new Adam as Jesus and new Eve as Mary is set up. 2. Mother of the Church most generally, Mary is the mother of the church because she is the mother of Christ, whose body is the church, the totus Christus, whole Christ, head and body. But there are more particular references to this teaching in the New Testament. In John, the disciple whom Jesus loved is a symbol of all Christians who are loved by the Son, who loved his own who were in the world and loved them to the end. For example, in the prologue to John's Gospel, the Son is said to dwell at the side or bosom of the Father. This word is only elsewhere used in when John is said to dwell at the side or in the bosom of Jesus. Jesus brings us to the heavenly dwellings and relates to us just as his Father relates to him. Uh, 
Hence, in John 19, when we are told that Jesus spoke to the disciple whom Jesus loved and gave Mary to him as mother, the implication is that we are to take Mary as our mother as well. Moreover, the text specifically reports that John took Mary to his home, alluding to the rich theme of dwelling with the Father and the Son in John's Gospel. John opens with the apostles Peter and John asking Jesus, where are you dwelling? It continues where Jesus says, in my Father's house there are many dwellings. And in John 19, when the apostle John takes Mary to his own dwelling. The family of God and the household of God has Mary as mother. The Apocalypse has rich connections with the Gospel of John, and we see one of them in Revelation chapter 12, which narrates in symbolic and um, image form the history of the cosmos. The women crying out in pain is the story of Eve through Israel, which is focused down onto Mary, who gives birth to the seed. We are told that Mary fled into the wilderness, a narration of the flight into Egypt in Matthew chapter 2. And Revelation opens up the prophecies of Daniel, as can be seen in the fact that Revelation 10 has Jesus opening the book, which was closed in Daniel chapter 12. So that Revelation 11, 12, and 13 each expound a particular prophecy in the book of Daniel. Revelation 12 expands Daniel uh, 11, where the king who does as he wills, or Herod the Great, is alarmed by news from the east and devotes many to destruction. Herod in Matthew's Gospel is alarmed by news from the east and kills the sons of Bethlehem. Revelation expounds the history of Mary in this story so that the seed of the church are called, in 1217, the rest of her offspring. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is also a symbol of the church writ large. Mary as a symbol of the church relates to the doctrine of Mary as New Eve. 2 Corinthians 11 describes the whole church as an Eve who needs protection from the serpent, but Mary is likewise the new Eve. It shows that there's a deep correspondence between the person of the Blessed Virgin and the figure of the church. We see in Revelation chapter 12 that the person of the woman is whittled down to the Blessed Virgin and then expanded out to incorporate the entire church as bride of Christ. In Revelation 21, the church is called the New Jerusalem, the city of God, and in Genesis chapter 2, Eve is described as the city of God. We see this because we are told that God built Adam, Eve from Adam's side, language that is only ever used elsewhere in an architectural context, and it is next used in Genesis 4, where Cain exalted himself to the place of God and built a city. The same word is used. Thus, Zion is described in the prophetic books, and Isaiah in particular, as a bride who is glorified by its divine bridegroom. As Eve was a sign of the city of God, so is Mary. And as the city of God is the church, so Mary is a sign of the church. Hence, the twelve stars and the head of the woman in Revelation 12, a symbol, Allah Genesis 37, of the twelve tribes of Israel, corresponds to the twelve jewels of the city of Revelation chapter 21, likewise corresponding to the twelve tribes of Israel. She is the Christian whose union with Christ signifies what we are all called to be by that very same union with Christ. 4. The Ark of the New Covenant We must understand this in relation to a role as a symbol of the church, since, in a sense, the entire church is the Ark of the New Covenant, in whose heart the Divine Lord dwells. But the Blessed Virgin is described in terms of the Ark of the New Covenant in the Gospel of Luke. In 2 Samuel 6, we are told that the Ark dwelt in the house of Obed-Edom for three months, and Luke, we are told that Mary dwelt in the house of Elizabeth for three months. 
When the Ark of the Covenant comes to David, he says, Who am I that the Ark of the Lord should come to me? And when Mary comes to Elizabeth, she says, Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? When the Ark of the Covenant comes to David, he leaps and dances before the Ark. And when Mary comes to Elizabeth, John the Baptist leaps in her womb. This portion of Luke is especially rich in allusions to the book of Samuel, with the song of Mary, the favored one, alluding to the song of Hannah in 1 Samuel 2. And Hannah's name means favored one. Note also that Mary's mother, according to tradition, is Anna or Hannah, so they have the same name there. One of the great themes in Luke's gospel is indeed the return of the glory of God to Zion. Jesus says that you have missed the day of your visitation. This is when from eye to eye Israel sees the God of Israel returning to Zion, and Jesus says, ride up to Zion in uh, Luke's narration of the triumphal entry. Uh, it's enacted there. Jesus is the incarnation of the Ark of the Covenant, and Mary is thus described in those terms on account of her union with him and because she contains Christ bodily in her womb. Additionally, Revelation chapter 11 ends with the opening of the heavens and the vision of the Ark of the Covenant. Immediately after we are told this, we see a woman in heaven. These two things correspond to one another. 5. Mother of God we state that Mary is the mother of God, not because she is the origin of the divine person of the Son, but because the divine person in the Incarnation participates truly of all aspects of human life, thereby redeeming them and including them as genuine predicates, including birth. We say, therefore, not merely that Christ was crucified, but that God was crucified. Paul states, in agreement with this, that they crucified the Lord of glory in 1 Corinthians 2.8. The Lord of glory is a term for God, meaning that it is proper to speak of the divine person as the subject of the aspects of Christ in his humanity. Hence, Mary bore the divine person, the Son. She is the mother of God. There is, however, a more particular allusion to this in the New Testament. I mentioned above that this phrase, that the phrase, Who am I that the mother of the, my Lord should come to me, is an allusion to David's exclamation in Samuel. Who am I? What am I that the ark of the Lord should come to me? In the Hebrew text, the Lord is the tetragrammaton, so that it carries this meaning by implication in the use of kurios. The Septuagint translates the tetragrammaton as kurios. In Luke, Mary is thus the mother of the Lord in the sense of yad heh vav -he, the tetragrammaton, or the mother of God. So, uh, we'll continue this tomorrow. Uh, I know that this is... Uh, relatively speaking, short, but that is because I am away from home at the moment. Uh, when I get back in about a week, uh, we'll return to our normal schedule of programming. Uh, but uh, I hope you got something out of this, as short as it is. And um, uh, we'll be producing a few more of these in the week to come. Thank you so much.